welcome to the team member perspective, where we talk about how you can upgrade your thinking so you can write more policies, make those policies worth more, and have a bigger impact on those around you. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Team Member Perspective Podcast Show. I'm Coulter, your host, and I just returned from an incredible study group, Soaring Eagle Study Group in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. It was phenomenal. Dave Arce, well done. This event was incredible. I can't wait for 2025. You're making it happen, and it was it was phenomenal. Guys, probably one of the best study group meetings that I attend is Soaring Eagle in Michigan. And so if you are Michigan agent, Michigan team member, or in surrounding states, or just want to maybe attend in 2025, I would be on the lookout. It was incredible. There was so much to learn, and I'm still decompressing kind of getting everything out of the takeaways that I had from this event. Before we get into what I want to talk about today in the episode, I want to share a few takeaways from some of the highly successful speakers that we heard from. The first one, Agent Tyler Bullington out of West Virginia. Many of you probably know him, but for those of you that don't, that don't, this guy is making it happen on the life premium side with limited pays at an extremely high level. A few things that he talked about that really solidified a lot that we talk about in the team member perspective, but also just understanding people better was this. First thing, start communicating with people in the way that they want to be communicated with. Okay, I want you to think about that. Communicate with people in the way that they want to be communicated with. So often, we try to stick to the traditional approach, the one that we've been taught, and the one that has worked for agents and team members in the past, as far as getting people to come do business with you in the office. And it makes sense, guys. We know that if we can get people in the office, we can read their body language. We have a lot more that we can go off of. It's easier to have big money conversations. It's easier to to do those things and to do business when you're face to face. However, there's a lot of people that probably just don't wanna come into your office. So stop pulling teeth, stop trying to get them to do stuff that they actually don't wanna do and start to communicate with them in the way that they wanna be communicated with. So if they wanna do business with you transactionally, stop trying to get them in the office. Mirror them, do business with them transactionally. A lot of the stuff that you can accomplish in person can now be happen over the phone or virtually. Okay, so communicate with people in the way that they wanna be communicated with. And the other thing that I took away from Tyler was this. A lot of us team members, a lot of us agents are trying to grow our life premium in our book of business. And to do that, you know, we're trying to get people into the office and for those conversations, getting people in your office is, is critical, okay? If we're talking big money. Now, We train and talk so much about getting them in and then understanding how to have the big money conversations and how to get them, you know, so all of our sales skills, the sales processes, we we train on that a lot. We talk about that a lot in this industry. But one thing that Tyler mentioned was the importance of understanding the experience that your customer is having when they come into the office. And he said this, he said, for people to spend big money with you, you need to give a big money experience. And the way I took it was this. If your office and your desk is just a pigsty, you've got paperwork all over the place, you've got your coffee cup from the morning and you've got your leftover lunch. If your desk is messy, if your office is messy, that's not gonna be a big money experience. Also, if you're having people, 
this is something I realized, you know, as I was a team member, that if you have people coming in for appointments and your, your plan is to talk big money with them, your environment needs to reflect that. And so the way that our office was set up was, you know, we had a, a few different team members. We didn't have our own individual offices, but we were kind of all out in the open. What I realized is that for, you know, if I was the customer and, you know, the team member was talking to me about putting, contributing a thousand dollars a month into a whole life program, if I'm just out in the open, it just doesn't feel like the environment is reflecting the big money. So take that, you know, think about that. Think about your office setup. What I started to do was I started to use my agent's office to hold those appointments because I want them there to be that big money experience. It just made more sense to me and I started to see more results. The other thing is your appearance, the way that you dress, the way that you, you know, groom yourself and your hygiene. We overlook these things, guys, but if I go into an office and you aren't, you know, wearing nice clothes, you know, as shallow as this might seem, or you're not groomed, or I just feel like you're not representing big money, I will probably not leave that office spending big money with you. I might do something smaller, but I'm probably not going to do something bigger. Okay, so for people to spend big money with you, you need to give them a big money experience. Tyler, thank you, my man. Those were incredible takeaways that I had that I know are gonna help me. My hope is that they help you too. The second speaker that I wanna highlight, as far as a few takeaways that I had, was David Peterson, Coach P. Troa agent out of Texas that is crushing it on so many levels. They crush it in the financial service space and they are doing things that most agencies probably will never do. Many of you know him, okay? But he talked a lot about embracing transactional selling and that in the industry, we've all kind of been taught to sell life insurance in one way and one way only. And it's to get them coverage based on what they need. And that if we do anything below that, we're almost doing them a disservice. But Coach P talked about his experience with his offices and how they started to do transactional selling and how that made all of the difference. And he talks about that if you do feel like you're doing a disservice to just sell things transactionally, check yourself. What's our whole goal with selling insurance? It's to protect people. That's the whole goal is we wanna protect people. Um, and so Coach P talks about simplicity. He talks about starting with simplicity and then finishing with the need, okay? Getting them something, getting them in the door, and then we can build that out. But getting them something, even if it's the smallest policy that we offer, if something did happen to that person, whether it's a breadwinner, kid, whatever it is, having something there will give that family space. It'll give their loved ones time to be able to, you know, figure out what they need to do. Be able, time to mourn and, and it gives them options. So our primary goal, guys, is to protect people, to protect customers. And we can do that even on a transactional level. But the key is, guys, to not just leave that alone, not just sell the transactional policy and move on. We want to work smart. We want to help them, you know, bring that emotion in if we just sold it from the discount. We want to bring that emotion in on the back end, whether it's in an issuance review, 30-day review, annual review, when we deliver the policy, we want to, you know, if that's how we sold it, we need to take the extra step and make it emotional, build it out, and then go to the need. Because they've already told you yes once, the odds of them telling you yes again are pretty likely, pretty high. 
And that's what I started to do as a team member. And it was honestly incredible. Works extremely well. So Coach P, I appreciate my, my, my man. You, you guys are killing it um, and uh, a lot to learn from you. So guys, that event was incredible. And you know, as a team member for six years, those events aren't really common for team members to attend. I was fortunate enough to attend them towards the end of my team member career because I was speaking at those events. But a lot of team members don't get those opportunities. And I'll tell you, leaving that event, I have a new fire lit about me, right? I have this new drive that I didn't have before. It's like that fire got rekindled for me because I was around people that were winners, that are finding success at such a high level. I've got to learn from them. I got to be around them. And so now I'm ready to go and implement and make things happen at an even better, bigger level with more consistency. That is part of the reason why I started the team member perspective is because team members don't get that opportunity like agents do. Team members don't get to go to the corporate meetings. Team members don't usually get to go to these study group meetings, meet with other agents, other team members, people that are doing what they're doing on a consistent basis. So I wanted to create a place for team members to come, to network, to rub shoulders, learn from people that are making it happen at such a high level and that are consistent so that we can feel those same benefits, feel that, you know, that fire and the rekindling happening. Because guys, we're in this for the marathon. This is not a sprint. And so we need to have that support group. We need to have people that we can rely on to help lift us up when we are feeling down, but also for us to lift others up when others are feeling down. That's how we win. It's with your, the people that you surround yourself with. So if you're not part of the team member perspective group and you're interested, reach out to me, email me, call me, schedule a call. I'd love to chat with you and explain how the team member perspective is helping agents and team members across the country to sell more, make more money and have a bigger impact with those that um, they get to serve. Big deal, you know, is an incredible event. So Dave Arce, my man, thank you again. Incredible event. I can't wait for 2025 and uh, and what what you accomplish. And so what, one, one other thing that I want to share on this episode is this. And it's the simple idea of, you know, selling and, and utilizing questions. We've been taught so much in sales that telling is not selling, but using questions is how you can be an effective salesperson. So I wanna kind of throw something at you and be devil's advocate for a minute. So I was in the insurance space for six years. Prior to that, I was a door-to-door salesman. I understand the importance of questions. Questions are powerful if they are the right questions asked at the right time. Although that questions are very powerful, they can also go against you if you don't know how to ask them or don't know when to ask them or how to ask them effectively. But telling is not selling. I do not agree with that, especially in the insurance space. And here's why. Think to yourself right now, before I got into insurance, how much did I understand about insurance? For example, let's just keep it simple and say liability coverages on your auto insurance. So we got your bodily injury coverages and your property damage coverages. How much did you understand about those coverages before you got into insurance? Did you understand what those coverage do for you? Why they're important? Or were you like me and just got the car insurance because it was required? I would just get insurance because I knew I needed it. It was required for me to drive legally. Other than that, I didn't know, I didn't know much more beyond that. So that's a big deal. Go ask 10 of your customers this week. Hey, Mr. Customer, do you understand how your liability coverages work? 
I guarantee you the majority of them are going to say, you know what, I don't, or can you give me a refresher? Most people don't understand insurance, let alone understand what it does for them and why it's important. They just don't. So it's a a space that's almost like a foreign language. That if you don't speak insurance, you're not in it like us agents and team members, you probably don't know that much about it. So that's important because we're in a complex space, complex space that people just don't understand. And so sometimes, oftentimes what I see with team members is that we're asking questions to our customers that our customers don't even know how to answer because they don't know insurance. They don't really know what they need to be doing with their money. They just don't. They don't know insurance. So sometimes these questions don't actually serve us. They go against us. For example, okay, and and this is going to demonstrate why I feel like telling actually is selling. For example, I'm a big fly fisherman. Big, yeah, I'm a fly fisherman. I grew up doing it probably since I was age of eight to 10. Fly fishing, okay? And here where I'm from, we have a few local rivers. And, you know, that's just what I grew up doing. And I learned from my dad. And it took me, you know, a while to learn these different flies that you can use to catch fish. The different, you know, rod and reel setups that you can have. Waders, boots, right? All the equipment and just kind of the fly fishing jargon. Let's just say that you want to get into fly fishing. I am in your local area with my fly fishing shop. So you come to my shop and you you get in, in there and, and I approach you, how, how can I help? And you're like, look, I want to get into fly fishing. Let's just imagine that, that for a minute that I started to just ask you a bunch of questions. Love that you want to get into fly fishing. Are you looking to get a seven and a half foot rod or a nine foot rod? Are you looking to get this floating line or that floating line? Are you going to be nymphing or are you going to be fishing on top of the water? And if so, do you like the bead headed, bead head, you know, flies or do you like the fly, you know, the ones that are going to float on top? And do you, would you would you like to get the renegade fly or the prince nymph? Um, we also have these elk hair caddis that are really, really good. And are you looking for hip waders? Are you looking for more ones that strap over your shoulders? And do you want boots with felt bottom or just the plastic rubber bottoms? Think about that experience for a minute. Let's just assume that you don't know anything about fly fishing. Some of you listening to this might know and you're like, okay, I can answer all those questions, but let's just assume that you don't understand anything about fly fishing. How are you going to feel? What's your experience going to be like? Are you going to know how to answer those questions? If you're like me and you think about that, like you're not going to know much about that. You're going to be lost and you're now going to think like, maybe I shouldn't get into fly fishing because it seems so complex. I'm not there. I'm not skilled enough. I don't know enough about it to even start. So you might leave that, that shop not even making a decision when you went there in the first place to get a starter setup because you don't understand it. And all these questions were a little intimidating. You didn't know the answers. And so you just left. On the flip side, let's just say that you came into uh, my shop. And again, you don't know anything about fly fishing. Instead of me asking all these questions, what if instead I just said, look, and I asked you a few basic questions, understand your situation. And I said, look, for your situation, I would recommend going with the seven and a half foot rod this reel, here's a great starter pack. It's great for starters. And here is the, the boots and the waders that I would recommend. And here's, you know, 10 to 15 flies that I would try out. And, and here's some tippet. Here's, here's everything that you need to go out and get started. So you can start, you know, catching some fish. And here's the basics of how to do it. Here's your total price. What's your experience like now? It's probably a lot easier. Easier to understand. Like you now have the professional telling you like, here's what I recommend and made it very simple for you to to choose and to get started. 
a lot of people would probably leave my fly fishing shop with that whole package that I created for them. Excited to go out and try to try some fly fishing, excited to figure it out. Instead of leaving that office with so much information, confused and feeling intimidated that you actually didn't make a decision. So now you're not gonna become a fly fisherman or woman. So guys, I like to compare that analogy with insurance. Just like a lot of people don't understand fly fishing, a lot of people don't understand insurance. So they're coming to you for you to make recommendations. So sometimes guys, telling is selling. And I think more often than not, as us team members, telling is selling, at least initially, right? Get them something going and then utilize reviews, whether it's an issuance review, 30-day review, annual review, to get them in the office, do the review over the phone, and then ask more detailed questions, but still help and guide them because you're the expert. Odds are they don't know that much about insurance. So telling is selling. Take control of the conversation. Lead the horse to the water. Make recommendations. Utilize things such as, hey, most people in your situation will do this. That's an easy way to make recommendations without being super salesy. Questions are good, don't get me wrong, but I want to debunk the phrase, telling is not selling, because honestly, in the insurance space, telling is selling. It's very effective. I did it for six years and I was highly successful. So if it can work for me, it can work for you in the same way. So guys, I hope that this helps. I hope that you can take something away from this, implement it into what you're doing and get a little bit better today. Appreciate you guys and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Team Member Perspective podcast show. Please like, share, and subscribe if you found it valuable. To join our community, go to tmperspective.com. And it would mean the world to us if you would leave us a review on the show.